Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags. Today, we have a powerful episode, and as always, somewhere deep in cyberspace, deep in a black hole, is Dogecoin Dollar in there. Is it, is it down to a dollar, or what is it, your Dogecoin? <laughs> oh, God. Micah Oh, uh, yeah. I should have sold high. Now I'm just holding the bag, as they say, in the uh, crypto slash stock world. You shouldn't have bought high, is what you said. <laughs> well, yeah. Either way, I, I don't don't be high. don't be high when you're buying high. <laughs> what's kind of, What's nice about Doge Dags is that uh, I still haven't hit my my uh, average, so my position is still good. Yes, but uh, every day we get closer to that average. <laughs> Sweet. Hello, friends. Welcome. Welcome back to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. We are here. We're ready to rock and roll. Welcome back, OGs. And if you're new to this podcast, what it is, it's a powerful podcast where we talk about life, pop culture, and everything in between. Micah Rez, another exciting announcement. We have another powerful movie to give away. And when I say powerful movie, I'm talking an iconic 80s movie. This is one of the the movies, and the flock is going to be really surprised and happy to hear what we have for them. Yes, this is not hyperbole. It's not hyperboil. It's not Peter Boyle or Susan Boyle. This is the real deal. Powerful 80s iconic movie. We're going to give it away to you. Powerful Blu-ray copy. Stay tuned, as they say in the business. Now, Micah Rez, we have a powerful episode today. We're going to talk about the ultimate action movie on the ocean, Under Siege, 29 years later. Yes. One of the most powerful movies ever created, Under Siege. We also have a powerful song of the day. It's going to be a great show. Stick around. Now, Micah Rez, I picked a powerful song of the day. You did? Yes. It was awesome. Yes. Ghost Riders in the Sky. Yes. And actually, the, so the original ver- uh, name of it is Ghost Riders in the Sky. A cowboy legend. Yes, it's powerful, isn't it? It is. Now, do we want to discuss how you came up with this one, or do we want to talk about the song first? Here's what happened. It's uh, serendipitous, if you will. Would you? I love that I word. Will. I will. Uh, thank you. I love that word, serendipity. I don't know what it means, but it's cool. <laughs> so I'm driving in the buggy back from the gym, just pumped up, just powerful. Another powerful workout. And all of a sudden, classic cowboy western podcasters in the sky god it's good (laughs) not only is powerful song ghost riders in the sky but talk about iconic the most powerful iconic country singer ever johnny bitcoin yeah he's the best 
I mean, I don't care who who you say is is the the best classic country singer. It's always always Johnny Cash. No, oh, it is. I mean, there's no argument. Iconic, you know, the pictures of him flipping off the camera. I mean, it's just right. awesome. Being super high, eating a cake in a bush. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, it's... I mean, either way. I mean, yeah, you know, Waylon Jennings, cool. Chris Christopherson, really cool. Willie Nelson, really high. But Johnny Cash is where it's at. Yeah, they're the outlaws. That's right. I mean, if you had like a cool supervillain group of country singers, <laughs> their, their <laughs> version of Lex Luthor would be Johnny Cash. Wow, can you imagine Johnny Cash as Lex Luthor? Yes. He would have been, I mean, Gene Hackman did great, don't get me wrong, but Johnny Cash would have that deep baritone voice. Yeah. Like, Superman. Yeah, I don't know if, and I don't know if they have had <laughs> no, a good Lex Luthor yet. Gene Hackman was good, but that's probably because that's, that was the original for me. Now, did you see, did you see who's playing Lex Luthor? Ducky? In the, yeah. In the new one? Uh, no. The TV show. It's Ducky from Pretty in Pink. No. Yes. The dude from, uh, yes. John Cryer? Yes. Can you believe that? That's, that's sacrilege. I'm not even joking. How do you even know that? I know. Do you watch? Do you watch that? No, show? I I heard things. Oh, kids have told you. Yes, the the kids told me. <laughs> By the way, Mike or DJ Res, did you see my powerful Lex Luthor cosplay on Instagram? I did not. I mean, Maybe we, if it's been the last couple of days, I've been out of commission. Well, yes, that much. You be, you better get your goddamn priorities straight and check out my Instagram. <laughs> the same with you guys. Please follow us on Instagram. Powerful photos. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. That's where I tweet 24-7. Hilarity ensues when you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you like our Facebook page. And if you want to help us out, buy our merch. We have powerful links on all our social media, AmishBabyMachine.com. Powerful t-shirts, hoodies, whatever you're into, stickers, we have it. Amish Baby Machine merch. We also have a Patreon page. You can check us out there, patreon.com, Amish Baby Machine. Now, Mike Arez, back to that song, Ghost yes. Riders in the Sky, colon, a cowboy legend. That's right. Heavy on the colon. Yes. Especially this week. Yes. Um, we, so, like I said, there's been different versions recorded. The one you sent me is Johnny Cash, and that's the only one that you should listen to. But the uh, the song itself is a folktale dags. It's about a cowboy who has a vision of red-eyed, steel-hooved cattle thundering across the sky like, you know, everybody does. I mean, who hasn't had that dream before? And they're being chased by spirits of damned cowboys. This was originally recorded on the Ghost Riders in the Sky album uh, by Slim Whitman. It was written by Stan Jones. Now, Stan Jones also recorded this version uh a song this song excuse me in 1948 and it was stan jones and his death valley rangers i mean that's a sweet ass name for a band too it is. you know they were classic country yes um outlaws. that was in 1940 outlaws for sure and then uh the snowman from uh rudolph burl ives yeah he uh recorded a version 
1949. So he barely let that one breathe before he decided, I'm going to cover this one too. And then uh, Von Monroe and his, his orchestra waited like three weeks and then they did a version. But you want to talk about a cool name? Sure. Von, his name is, it's Von Monroe and the Moon Men. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, I'm that's epic. That right the now. Moon Men. Yep. <laughs> and then not to be outdone, like a week after that, Bing Crosby was like, I'm dreaming of my own version. Whoa. And then he released, yeah, thank you. He released one. And that was the first one that appeared on the Billboard charts. So he was like, screw you guys. Watch this one get charted. Then uh, Peggy Lee did one like two weeks later. Everybody loves this song so much. Uh, the <laughs> The Ramrods did <laughs> the an Ram instrumental Rods. rock version in 1960 that was eerie and overdubbed it's with whistles and cattle call, calls. Weren't you I want to hear that. Weren't you in an independent movie called The Ramrods by Chris? <laughs> yeah, with whistles and cattle calls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He needed the money, folks. <laughs> Guess what that one? That one hit number 30 on which chart? The Hot 100. That's right. And in 1961, it went all the way up to number eight on the UK singles chart. Uh, Lawrence Welk and his orchestra recorded a version in 1961 that reached number 87 on the Hot 100. And then here comes Johnny Cash and his version off of the album uh, Silver. And that one uh, was in 1979. It was released April 1st. Uh, and that re, uh, appeared on Billboard's country, or sorry, the Hot Country Singles and Track Chart. Yes. On April 15th, that lasted 16 weeks and peaking at number two on July 27th, 1979. I mean, it's crazy because it was recorded early in 1949. Right. right. And then Johnny Cash took it all the way to 1979. Yeah. And then, well, it gets even better, 1980. An instrumental version by The Shadows reached number 12 on the UK singles chart. The Blues Brothers performed the song in Blues Brothers 2000, uh, which was on the original soundtrack. In 2016, Carolyn Sills Combo merged the song with The Night Before Christmas to produce the parody Ghost Reindeer in the Sky. Whoa. I know, right? Well, that's bringing, it, then, ba- that's bringing it back to Burl Ives. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, the rock band, uh, The Outlaws, made a recording on their 1980 album, Ghost Riders, that omitted the last verse. And then uh, this version spent 15 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 31 in March 1981. I don't know why they put that one last. That should have been somewhere. Yeah. Right after Johnny, or right after the uh, the Shadows version. But the anyway. Shadows. Yeah. Only the Shadows know. Powerful. But, yeah, so that was uh, that's the history of Ghost Riders in the Sky. But everybody needs to go listen to it because it's got one of the best country western lines ever. Yippee kaye, yippee kayo. Yes, and we got to find out. We got to find that. out when that line was first used because it's powerful. I mean, yippee yippee ya, yippee yo yo. I want to be a cowboy. That's another reason I picked it. Yep, and yes. then of course yippee kaye, motherfucker. Yes. Bruce I mean, Willis, yeah. yeah, in the the movie that everyone thinks is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's a it's a Hanukkah movie. Everybody knows that. Now, this is the first time you heard this song when I sent it to you. 
Yeah, and I've listened to a lot of Johnny Cash in my life, but I've never heard this song. I just feel like I'm a teacher. I'm a what? What, do you, what would you call me, Michael Rez? The way I just give information uh, to people. Sensei Dags. Yes. I mean, is there any other way to to put it? I know DJ Dags. Whatever you want to call me, it's powerful. <laughs> I just have this knowledge. I got to give it to you. I just got to give it to the people. And we appreciate the people that listen, making us the most powerful podcast ever created. We couldn't do it without the listeners. Make sure you leave a review wherever you enjoy our podcast. This podcast is available everywhere. Fine podcasts are found. Do us a favor. Please leave us a review. Five stars is the highest review. If you do that, we'll unlock secrets to ghost riders in the sky. You know, the cool part is I bet people could, if are the flock with, uh, with iPhones, all you have to do is say, Hey Siri, play the Amish baby machine and it'll play. Yeah. I do that in the buggy often. Is that cool? Yes. I mean, it's great. Smartphones. Yes. Do you have a Apple? I do. Some people would call me an Apple fanboy. So do you have the watch? I do not have the watch. Now what's the deal? So you don't, you feel like you don't need the watch? No, that's just, I mean, I've got an iPad, an iPhone, and a and a Mac desktop. I mean, I, that yes. would be really redundant. You know what kind of Mac I have? Uh, Mac the Knife? A mini Mac. <laughs> Mac Mini. Right. Nice. Powerful Mac Rest Mini. I also have uh, their prototype belt buckle. Oh, do you? What is, yes. what is that track? I don't know, but I just got a... Right now, the screensaver is a picture of mistletoe. Oh, Powerful. Really? It hit at the bars, I bet. Powerful. God. God, we're having a good time tonight. Ghost Riders in the Sky. What a great song, that, that guitar. I'm going to just keep singing that. Just keep doing that riff. It's uh, gets stuck in your head for sure. Yes. I think I listened to that song five times, and it's that... It's the guitar that brings you back. And it's just haunting, isn't it? Because you think about it, it's just a haunting song. The it li- is. The lyrics are cool. You know, it's like a cool story they're telling. That was when, like, all folk songs tell a story. But yeah, it's a legend. And then every song told a story. Yes. I'm going to have to dig up some more old tunes like that. You know, I feel like uh, some of these young kids, you know what the thing is with these young kids nowadays? You sound so old. <laughs> I am old. They don't they don't have pop culture range. They're like I wasn't even born yet. Well yeah, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't born in the fifties and I know fucking fifties songs. Get a little range, man. But that's why no. I'm here. That's why I'm here to to teach the young, to encourage the old, massage whatever. I don't know. Oh. Powerful though. Ghost Riders in the Sky. God, I love that song. But, that should be the next t-shirt, Amish baby machine t-shirt. But it's cool because what I have I have that going on my uh playlist, but also Blue Monday. Ooh, how does that feel? Because of the guitar riff. Think about it, the country guitar riff they have in there. That's true. Yep. Because that you know, guy with that guy, the new order guy, he ripped that off from you know spaghetti western. So it all it all ties in, Mike or DJ Rez. That is a very good uh, wedding DJ song. Blue Monday. Why is that? Because people like that. They do. They want to know how you feel. Treat me like you do. How does it feel? What version do you like? Do you like the original? Do you like the remixes? What do you like? I like the original when I'm just doing chores, but the remix was where it got everybody excited at weddings. 
So were you a wedding DJ, Micah? DJ Rose? Yes. Yes, I was. And that was, was your go-to song? No, my go-to song was Spin Me Around. Spin Me Right wow. Round, baby, right round. That one. Also on my playlist, on the same playlist we're talking about with Blue Monday and Ghost Riders in the Sky, a cowboy legend, is that song, the Super Extendo 12-inch mix. Ooh. You've heard the 12-inch version, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes. Just you talk about cowbell. It just starts starts ding 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 ding. That might be one of the uh that might be the first track on the more cowbell CD that came out after that SNL skit. So you want a little DJ uh help or sweet mix what goes perfect with that 12-inch version? What's that? What song do you think mixes perfect with that? Uh it's not Don't Fear the Reaper. Bananarama. Oh, Venus. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. It's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would just, fun. yeah. And then I'd bring in Blue Monday. I mean, I'm just a mixologist, oh, Mike Perez. Nice. Fun fact about uh, Venus Bananarama the, uh, the woman in the devil costume had to be cut out of it. That's how tight it was. Whoa. Yep. Now members of the flock are going to go check out that video. <laughs> That's kind of like me and my merch. Make sure really, you, you wear it so tight yes. you got to cut it off of you? Make sure you nice. check out our merch, AmishBabyMachine.com. Also, check out all our social medias. Now, Micah Rez, I had you watch one of the most powerful movies ever created, Under Siege. came out 29 years ago. I saw this film in the movie theater when it originally came out. Did you, Micah Rez? No, I did see it on VHS after it came out. Yes. And there's a scene in there we'll talk about that I think is the most paused scene ever on VHS. Yeah, I wonder which one yes. it is. Let's just, let's just say it's burned into my screen. <laughs> I bet it is. And I'm talking about when Gary Busey's in drag, folks. Right. Oh, of course. God, this yeah. is a great movie. Let's get into it, Michael Rez. You got the details. I, wanna, I want you to describe the movie, and we're going to talk about it. All right, Flock. I know we don't have to tell you what it's about, but we're going to tell you what it's about. Siege is from 1992, not to be confused with the movie SWAT under Siege. Totally different movie. No, if anyone, no one confuses that, Mike Rez, and if they do, are you sure? They're no friend of mine. I just want to make sure. This was directed by Andrew Davis in 1992. It was written by a gentleman named J.F. Lawton. And of course, it stars Steven Seagal as an ex-Navy SEAL who uh, masquerades as a personal chef uh, for the uh, commander of the USS Missouri battleship. And uh, he must uh, defeat evildoers led by Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones. Now, this was released eggs in August, October, excuse me of 1992 this was one of the most successful critically and financially for steven seagal and it also received two oscar nominations one for sound production and the other one for musical score Uh, and i was not aware of that at all that actually surprises me um i wonder what the other movies in 1992 that those that it was up against it didn't win but uh i'm surprised that that was uh that was happening now this was made in 1992, but it's definitely got mid-80s action movie written all over it. Like I said, the USS Missouri is going to be decommissioned, and it's on its way to California. And the commander of the ship, his birthday just happens to be 
right about the same time. So they're going to have a surprise party for him. And Gary Busey organizes a band and uh, Miss July Playboy Playmate to come on board. And they're going to have this huge party. Uh, little do they know that the caterers and the band are all mercenaries and ex-CIA operatives um, that have had enough. And they've teamed up with Gary Busey to take over the ship and to steal all of the nuclear warheads from the Tomahawk missiles uh, that are on that ship. And they're going to transport it to a North Korean submarine that they have also commandeered. Um, And they're going to take those missiles and sell them in the black market to whoever wants to buy them. And it's filled with action. They find out that this cook that's on board, who's played by Steven Seagal, Casey Ryback, is more than just a cook. He's an ex-Navy SEAL who's like, really good at martial arts, kicking ass and killing people and making bombs out of microwaves. And it's just uh, one one thing after another for Casey Ryback. God, what a movie. What are your thoughts, Michael Rez? How many times have you seen this movie, Michael Rez? Oh, God, I can't even count. Over a dozen, less than 24. Let me ask you this. When is the last time you saw it beside? Probably, it's probably been about, it's been over five years, probably less than 10, though. But yeah, it, it's... It, it's been a while. It holds up surprisingly enough. Holy crap! Isn't it an amazing movie? I mean, it's not bad. You, you, you talk. You talk about a popcorn movie. Yeah. I exactly. mean, the beauty of me being old as fuck is I got to see these movies in the movie theater, and what people don't realize is the energy you get from the people, and the people get excited and cheer. I mean, it's like seeing comedy live. It's like seeing live music. Seeing a movie in a movie theater is an experience. And I know Absolutely. everyone's there are a lot of weirdos now. They're, well, I'm not going out, and I'm whatever. This was the 90s, the 80s. It's when the world was beautiful, and it was just a beautiful experience seeing the movie theater. That is a great movie. What were your favorite parts? Tommy Lee Jones plays a great character. Fantastic, um, isn't he? He is. Uh, it's kind of weird because it seemed like he and Gary Busey at in the beginning were trying to out crazy each other, and then it seemed like Gary Busey was like, all right, Tommy Lee Jones is going to win this battle, so I'm just going to try to not be as crazy anymore. And I think Tommy Lee Jones steals the show. He's actually in the movie longer than anybody else. That being, said, that being said, though, how good is Gary Busey? You know, Gary Busey became a it's joke. Before Gary Busey went, went crazy in I mean, real life. I mean, he's fantastic in this movie. He's yeah. funny. He's, you know, he's scary. He's powerful. I mean, yeah. it, I, I also it, liked him in Lethal Weapon, too. He was good in Lethal Weapon. He was good in uh, Point yeah, Break. Yep. Yeah. Point Break was another great movie. Yeah. But yeah, no, he does a good job in this. I think it, it's well done. The cast. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the cast. Okay. So the, okay. First of all, the captain was way too old. Oh, the, the commander of the ship? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he, he should have been retired way before. Yeah. I mean, the poor so, guy died a couple years after the movie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. He should, Patrick he, O'Neill. He should have been played by uh, Leslie Nielsen. He looks like Leslie yes. Nielsen. Can you imagine Leslie Nielsen? <laughs> you know, it, it, I don't think I would have been able to take it more seriously. I know, but, but you I need mean, him in there. It's just, God, just for movie. comedy relief. What a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> like surely we can't be doing this yes we can don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah and then they had bernie casey from uh lambda 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 revenge of the nerds yep yeah he was in there i was looking at 
but we have Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Busey, Erica, uh, El- is it Elenick? Oh my God, it's so powerful from So she from plays Baywatch. Jordan Tate. Yeah, she's, she was most known for her role in Baywatch. She, she's, uh, and a lot of people don't know this, and I'm going to throw in some pop culture that the kids are going to be like, holy crap, you're old too. The movie E.T., the girl that Elliot kisses when all the frogs get let loose in class, that's her. Thank you for that powerful pop culture reference. Like You're ours. welcome. God, is she easy on the eyes. She is, yes. What a beautiful woman. She got kill- uh, killed off by a shark in Baywatch. Oh, man. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm sorry. Was that like 1994? <laughs> you know, Baywatch is really weird because it came out, was it on, on NBC? And then it went yeah. to a syndication and it got a rebirth. And mm-hmm. and she's good in the in the show. I mean, everyone in there is great. It's just a great show. I mean, I like the just the minor characters. You don't even know who they are, but it, the the camaraderie in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. Between like him the, the and dance. Contest. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. You know, it's just, like you said, it's like a quintessential 80s movie. It is. It's weird because, like I said, it was made in the 90s. Did you know that Steven Seagal at first turned this role down? And I, then I did they not talked like him into it. Yes, they talked him into it. One of the things that he said that changed his mind, so it was actually her character, Jordan Tate, because in the original script, she was just going to be a dumb blonde that just kind of follows him along. And he made them change it so she would, uh, like, so that she's actually, you know, kind of more intelligent than that. And she's more than just some playmate stripper jumping out of cake that she actually starts to learn that, oh, yeah, we got to we got to try to survive this thing. So it was to his credit, he made them change her character to make her seem like she was more intelligent than the original script had her out to be. Okay. One thing I want to point out, they had the the MP fives. Yeah. And on them had suppressors. Oh, and they didn't suppress. No, they they were loud as hell. <laughs> Like when those, when the, yeah, like when those guys go in the cooler to get them out, it's like, uh, right. you know, I, that was the exact scene I was, I was like, wait a minute, are those suppressors on that thing? Yes. Wouldn't My they favorite. silence it? Yeah, no, no, not in these movies. My, my other favorite part uh, was when he was on the side of the sub and they were using grappling hooks and they were throwing them into the water and they, they catch him in the back and then like couple scenes later he's running around like there's nothing going on when a couple right after that they made it look like he was about to die from getting a grappling <laughs> and then and then the the last scene where they're on the, the the deck of the missouri and the the uh the the doc the medic is checking his eye he's like oh yeah you're gonna need like four sutures in your face and it's like well what about the grappling hook to the back <laughs> Do you look at that? every movie should have a grappling hook scene well it's it was hilarious. Yes, everyone loves grappling hooks. Why is that, Mike Rez? Uh It has to do with 1950s Batman. Oh, I thought it was piracy. The pirates. Oh, well, that's probably right. Too. Grappling and boarding. It, ooh, what? Nin- yeah, did you say so, 1950s? Yeah, the old 1950s Batman, 60s yeah. Batman. Yeah, there you go, 60s. Who knows? Whatever. Who cares? It's old. 1966. Like yes. Powerfully old. Just powerful. God, it's yeah. a great movie, though, isn't it? It is. And uh, under just so the flock knows, Under Siege is just like Under Siege 2, but only on a boat. Oh, dark territory. 
<laughs> Under Siege 2, that's, we're not going to count that. Oh, we're not going to count? Oh, okay. No, there's only one Under Siege. <laughs> not dark territory. <laughs> it's not on a train. Catherine Heigl is in that one. <laughs> I yes. think she plays his daughter or something like that. Yes. Well, what's cool but, about this too, it, it has all the cool military stuff. You know, it has the, the ship with the 16-inch guns in Missouri. It's got the cool phalanx sea whiz scene where it shoots down that the jet. I mean, it's just everything about it. It's cool. Yeah. And the uh, George H.W. Bush is in this movie. Not going to do it. Wouldn't I was wondering if, because he's the president and he's a public figure, if they have to ask his permission to put his put him in the movie or if they can just use him. Because there there are different rules when it comes to public figures, and I, I'm wondering if they ever if they had to pay him to be in it or get his permission to be in it. I don't know. That's a good question. I do know the coolest movies always get help from the Pentagon, you know, so they get good shots, like the ones. Oh, that, yeah. the ones that don't, you know, especially back then when they didn't have CGI, you know, it's just some bad model. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, there or or fortunately, there wasn't a lot of like the need for exploding battleships or anything like that. They, you know, destroy one sub, but you can do that at a at a distance. It wasn't uh, you didn't have to actually blow up a submarine or anything. So, so do you think you've seen most of Steven Seagal's movies? Lion's share uh, of them. Mm, yeah, I think so. I don't remember most of them because they, it's been a while since I've I've seen any of them. Well, I think you need to do some immersion therapy, Mike Rez. And just do a Steven Seagal yes. uh, marathon? Yes. In fact, I think Steven Seagal should have been Batman. What do you think? <laughs> he, at least he could do the raspy voice. Yes, he, he has a cool voice, a cool delivery. Wouldn't have needed a voice box. What, um, Steven Looking at Seagal, you, Ben Affleck. Yes. What Steven Seagal movies can you think of that you enjoyed? I... I don't know. Not put on the spot like that. I know. I That's what know. I do. So I'm gonna I need. Know. I'm gonna need you to watch. I'm looking up all of these above the law. Okay, so I've seen above the law. I don't remember above the law. You're but gonna I need to rewatch it. Hard to kill, marked for death. Those are the three that I remember seeing. Plus under siege and under siege two. Yes. And I don't. I I'm looking. Oh, out for justice. I remember that one. Uh, on deadly ground. Now, on deadly ground, that's the one with in Alaska with the oil fields, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah he has, okay. He has yep. a sweet, uh, <laughs> a sweet indigenous jacket in that one. Yes. Okay. So I've seen that one too. It that was. Uh, I actually didn't mind that one. There's a really ha- hard to watch pipe cutter scene in that one with some poor guy's leg. Uh, yeah, that's probably the last ones I've seen. I haven't seen pretty much anything after 1995. Yeah, I love Steven Seagal movies. I think he should have been Batman. I don't know what happened. Uh, apparently he got into it with the mob, or he was hard to work with. I don't know, I don't know what you call it. but He's a Putin puppet now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went over to Russia, and he eats carrots. But I was going to say, and then he eats carrots and gets pictures taken of him and ends up on Yamash Baby Machine. He should have let his hair go gray. He should have. Yeah, He know. does look kind of weird with that really dark, gray because his hair wasn't that black when he was young that's the thing when guys always dye their hair they always go to the, the shoe polish jet black like natural Why hair has different tones to it you know different shades if you will they always go I just to the jet work. black there's a guy at work 
who does the shoe polish look just in his beard. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Weird, weird thing. Yeah, because the thing is, when your hair turns gray, your beard, it's not just the color. It's like a whole mutant new type of hair where it sticks out at weird angles. It's thicker than normal hair. So if Mm -hmm. you, you dye it, you know, it absorbs the dye differently. It just looks weird. Yeah, it's just, it's strange. Just comb it in and do a touch of gray, for God's sake. Yeah, a touch of gray, you know, just for men and great looking I was, GLH, great looking hair. That was powerful Ron Popeil's spray. You would just spray oh, the bald spot. Yeah, that's right. Was it a hair in a can or something? Yes, it's powerful. <laughs> there, was, there was also the Topics one where it's just these little, little crunchies you throw in your hair and they stick to it. <laughs> That just sounds not good. Powerful. Not good. Oof. Yeah, I, I loved Under Siege. I don't know why it was trending on Netflix, but I had to watch it. Yeah, Netflix has had some weird movies, old movies, trending all of a sudden. I wonder uh, I wonder if that has anything to do with, because, you know, they added that new feature on Netflix now where it, you can just shuffle. You can have them pick a, a movie for you. And I wonder if that's just something that's happening because of that feature. Maybe more people are using the shuffle feature and then Netflix picks things based on what's watched. And so they're, you know, if you watch a lot of action movies, they're going to throw a under siege at you or something. But I think it was trending nationally though. You're, are you saying like individual users or just everyone together? Yeah. yeah I'm just saying, in, you know, cause if you have enough individual users that have been watching action movies and the Netflix algorithm is set up where, okay, you know, it, it's supposed to be random, but it's random to you. But on the Netflix side of things, it's all right, we're going to throw under siege at everybody, you know, and then if people watch it, that gets it trending. Now, did it's you, just, yeah, just something I thought about. Keep thinking, Mike Rez. Now, did it you, hurts. did you see executive decision? No. Look that up right now. I, oh yeah. Kurt Russell. I remember this one. Executive decision. So you saw the movie. I've seen the movie. Yeah, Halle Berry's in it, right? Yes, I'm going to need you to rewatch that, Mike Rez. Okay, I'll do that. Steven I'm going to Se- do that. Steven Seagal is in there in a shocking scene. And I also, John Leguizamo's in here, too. Yes, it's very shocking. B.D. Wong. Yes, B.D. Wong. Another All great right. movie. It's a shocking scene with Seagal, huh? Yes. Do you remember All the right. shocking scene? I do not remember. I'm going to watch it because now I don't remember what it yes. is. Yes. We'll have to rewatch it and then Song of the Day will be Shock the Monkey. Oh, poor monkey. Yeah. Don't monkey around with the monkey, Mike Rez. I never do. God, yes. Under Siege, great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, we're going to need you to watch it. Powerful military. It features cool airstrikes. It features cake scenes. Every that's movie scene that's burned on your screen. Oh my god. Every movie you love, sh- every, you love cake. Yes. Every movie should have an airstrike and a cake scene. I can't disagree. Yeah, and whatever you're into, you can put whoever you want in the cake. I don't care. Just have a cake scene. <laughs> have an airstrike. What else? Dance um, scene. You like the dance scene in the in the mess hall, right? Or in the yep. what do they call it? The galley. Galley. You know what though? My one I remember now. One of my other favorite scenes is after they take control of the ship, and there just happens to be a slab of prime rib sitting on. Oh yes, radar console. Isn't that great? How the guy eats it like a T Rex, like a dog. Yeah, like a alligator. It's like a yeah, a Nile crocodile. I love it. 
yeah, that was uh, that stuck out too for some reason. And then they have that cool guy with uh, what's the guy's name with the Irish afro? You know, he's on Star Trek and look that dude's name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what's his name? Yeah, this, I don't know. He's a bad yeah. guy. I know he's a bad guy, and he's got a cool Irish uh, afro. Ooh, I think uh, yeah, there he is. All meanie, C O L M meanie. What's his deal? I have no idea. He's just not uh, very calm, I guess. Oh, you look up to see what. Uh, then that's his name, Calmini. He was in Die Hard 2, Dick Tracy, Come See Paradise, The Commitments, The Last of the Mohicans, Far and Away, Into the West. Yeah, he's been a, I bet nobody knows his name, but they know who he is. Powerful. He was in Con Air. I forgot he was DEA agent in Con Air. Yes. It's a good movie, too. Good work, Michael Rez. Hey, thanks. You too. Michael Rez, what are we going to rate under siege? Grappling hooks to the back. How many grappling hooks? I'm going to give it four and a half grappling hooks. God, I'm going five. Ooh, the that's the how excited I am. You know, we've never rated a five. Yes, this movie deserves movie it because everyone shits on Steven Seagal. And I, I feel the people that shit on Steven Seagal are young and haven't even seen this movie. This is the way I approach it. Is Steven Seagal an ass? Probably. And the stories would say he is. You're going to have to move that aside and watch the movie for what it is. Yes. It's just like Tom yeah. Cruise. Any of those right. act, any of those actors, they're all, the problem is with Steven Seagal, you know, he came up fast and I'm sure, you know, other than all the stuff he did, whatever, but I'm just saying, you know, you come up fast like that and you, you get too big for your britches and you know, whatever. The movie's great. Right. Tom Cruise you, movies are great. Just know that all, <laughs> what do they say? Never meet your heroes, but all celebrities probably all done something assholeish in the past just watch it for what it is they entertain you if it's entertaining it's entertaining there's no no shame in that powerful and under siege is entertaining so we were giving it a 4.5 to 5 grappling hooks to the back yep slash buggy wheels correct thank you Michael Rez, for that powerful review of under siege did you have a good time tonight Michael Rez? i always have a good time how about yourself powerfully good time did you guys have a good time listening i hope you enjoyed our powerful episode we have fun doing this make sure to stay tuned because we do have that powerful iconic 80s movie giveaway you're gonna love it and as always we just ask you one thing please tell a friend about our podcast and until next time you've just enjoyed the amish baby machine pop culture podcast Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.